welcome to the Simple Minds Podcast, where six mates unpack three topics over a new drink each week. Fuck it, just go with that, we'll fix it if it's... Welcome <laughs> to the Simple Minds Podcast. I'm Conrad Francis, your host today, and with me in the room we have Jacob Moffat. Hey guys. Travis Hado. Hey, hey. JB. What's up? Michael Duncan. Hello. Magic Matt Hannum. <laughs> Present. Present. He said that. <laughs> full house. Did we have? No, we didn't have a full house last week, or did we? No, anyway, no, first no, full no, house. Well. Who knows? Who cares? Welcome back. And, <laughs> thank you. And we're drinking. Um, we're drinking a brew from Young Henry's. We're all fairly young lads here. <clears throat> Jacob's old yeah. man is a young fellow. called Henry. So I thought it was quite relevant. It's, a natural it's the, lager. the natural lager. I'm not sure what an unnatural lager tastes like. Um, <laughs> but it's a beer. Cheers. It's a Friday. Cheers. Mm. Enjoy. Cheers. Clink. What well, is Cheers. Nice. I'm off the prop. Also, prop, uh, uh, promised some pepperoni pizza, which he didn't deliver. <laughs> Failed. So we have some uh, jerks jerky. That's true. They could sponsor this show. That's really good jerky. Jerky or jerky mm. brothers? They're perfect. Um, some spicy souvlaki, which no one can put their hands on because it's too spicy. And some Italian for the week. No, it's good. So enjoy, gentlemen. Thank you. I have the privilege of hosting as well as providing content because. The whole package, Conrad. <laughs> so I'm just going to switch everybody else's mic off and you just got me for the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's every week. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Your dreams just came yeah. true. Because <laughs> um, he wants to be proxy. I, um, Pro- proxy him in. <laughs> Put some context around that. They want to have a meeting about this show, people. And I said, I'll agree with anything. <laughs> you, don't, right? you don't agree Simple. with anything. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. That's why I'm doing something different for a change. <laughs> Unless you say Mix it. Mix it up. I like it. <laughs> anyway, put the votes of the listeners and let them vote for my, on my behalf. Oh, that's dangerous, Conrad. <laughs> anyway, I started the week watching or re-watching for the fourth or fifth time uh, Tony Robbins' I'm Not Your Guru. Um, just felt the need to go back it and go back where'd to you, Where'd you watch it? I watched it with a friend of mine. Um, Netflix? Yeah, Netflix. And um, when you re-watch content or reread books and stuff, you take, I'm not sure about you guys, but I seem to take different things away from it. Yeah. So it's always yeah. interesting to go back and, and go through things again. Yeah. Yeah. And this time around, and I've watched it a few times, like I said, I, I've never picked up the point of the piece of literature that he believes changed his life or pointed him in the direction that he, he eventually went into, Tony, that is. And he was given some, some reading material um, by his high school teacher, um, which was a poem which was referred to as a speech, so there's some conjecture as to what it was, but it was a poem uh, called The Will to Win by Burton Brayley. So, Sorry, if, before you go yeah. into that, who is Tony Robbins? Tony For, Robbins. Uh, anyone that doesn't know? Really? Okay, Tony Robbins. <laughs> um, well, he's not anyone's guru, clearly, but he is probably the penultimate in modern-day professional development, would you say? Yeah, and possibly the 31st... Uh, Prime Minister of Australia, because we, you know, we moved through uh, pretty quickly. The way quickly. we go through. <laughs> <laughs> he may be next. So, yeah, I mean, that's in, in short synopsis. We'll probably put a, a YouTube link, no, or link to his wiki or something to, to introduce him. But I, great. So, so just a quick synopsis. Uh, Tony Robbins, I hated him growing up. I was, um, yeah. what he was advertising on infomercials. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Two a.m. in the morning. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, and I said, no, this guy's what's he selling? And I just hated it. And then I came across this TED talk, which we have referred to this TED talk. Um, a few episodes back, yep. the one uh, which yep. he did on 9-11, um, or they called the 9-11 TED Talk. Um, 
which was I still think to this day was one of the only TED talks allowed to go over over time. Yeah, yeah. Because um, he's t- he's telling a story. I think he planned that, but anyway. So when I watched that TED talk it was about 2012. Um, it switched me on to the power of what he what he said and what he taught. And so I then went on a massive Tony Robbins consumption binge. Um, all the the literature, all the the audios, just. 24-7, as much as I could get into, um, to the point where I, all my guys around me, my two business partners, had to consume the shit I was consuming because I didn't want to leave them behind and it was too good to not share. So it's pro- I think it's something that I shared with you guys a while back. Mar- uh, Marco's obviously taken a lot out of it over the time frame. Mm. We'll come back to that piece of literature afterwards because I think this ties in quite well. Um, so if that's okay, Trevor, we'll move on to the poem called The Will to Win by Burton Braley. And before we start talking about it, we'll we'll cut to the put the bird away, Trav. <laughs> You're lucky this is a podcast; people can't see how abusive you guys are at me at most of the time. <laughs> um, Poor you, so the press, depressed the Conrad. Yeah. We'll, we'll cut to the audio <laughs> of, the, of the the poem. Hopefully, we'll find something that Matt Hannum approves of because he didn't approve of the one I shared with the guys. It um, was the wrong poem. No, the poem you said you had, the guy had no emotion. So no, I don't know. Sass in this. I just in was this a little bit. Like, yeah. There is some sass. Oh, I don't know. Sass, I just felt yeah. we we listened to someone, and I just didn't actually. I was I was waiting for. Well, fuck, Michael has shit some shit in the time that wasn't <laughs> great as well, mate. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> no, Actually, I, I fell asleep three times. Dude, <laughs> so that is shit. <laughs> Look, I I, I so put, we'll find the best version of this. We'll put, or, or we might do one. Oh, no, I just I I didn't feel like the speaker of that clip did it justice okay, because so, I. We'll I, cut to somebody saying this. We'll find poem. one with um, James Earl Jones saying it. That would be good. Or Neil deGrasse Tyson. That would be good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Carry on. This is out of So cut somehow Kanye. this that you you'll get what we're talking about. Or Justin Jose No way to read yeah. it for us. Actually, can we get Justin to say it and we'll record it in and yeah, you want to say it now, that. Justin? No, I'm do, good. Not do now, it. but we can do a recording. I need, and, need practice. Do we know get, how to do that? Get Jose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to cut out to someone saying it. (laughs) The Will to Win by Burton Braley. If you want a thing bad enough to go out and fight for it, work day and night for it, give up your time and your peace and your sleep for it. If only desire of it makes you quite mad enough never to tire of it. Makes you hold all other things tawdry and cheap for it. If life seems all empty and useless without it. And all you scheme and you dream is about it. If gladly you'll sweat for it. Fret for it. Plan for it. Lose all your terror of God and man for it. If you'll simply go after the thing that you want, with all your capacity, strength, and sagacity, faith, hope, and confidence, stern pertinacity, If neither cold poverty, famished and gaunt, nor sickness nor pain of body and brain 
can turn you away from the thing that you want. If dogged and grim, you besiege and beset it, you'll get it. We're back! <laughs> Are we? We farted. Uh, <laughs> that was a chair, I promise. So All right, gentlemen. beef jerky. How, how did... Lift off. Apart from the big words, which we had to Google and, and clarify, like... <laughs> Pertinacity, pertinacity and sagacity, and sagacity, which we're very clear on now. Wise sagacity, being and pertinacity is sticking with something. Um, how do we? How do we? How did that sit with you guys? I mean, this this changed the path of a human being's life. How did? I mean, how does it sit with you guys? Anything in there that that resonated? I haven't had. I haven't. This is the first time I've listened to it yep. or, or read it. Um, and Did you feel like it spoke to you? Because that's how oh, Tony yeah, no, refers definitely. to it. I haven't had. A, I don't think long enough to really sit on it and revisit it and sort of let it let it sink in. Um, it reminds me a little bit of "As a Man Thinketh." It's all the same sort of like, but "As a Man Thinketh" is a short audiobook um, yep. story. It's repetition. Long of the essay, same, they call yeah, it. It's repetition of the same thing in each in each bit. You know, it's, yep. it reminds me of that. It's just about the same thing about trying, just not stopping, going going hard at something. So. That's about as deep as I can go on it just now. I need to sort of, as I said, let it sink in a little bit and and sit on it. Anybody else? You've got it hanging well, in your room here, mate. So I, I, I do. Mate referring to Magic Matt Hannum. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I, I believe that I first came across this poem uh, from watching I Am Not Your Guru, uh, which whenever that came out, I think it was 2016 couple of years now so i i yeah, because it was it was filmed in 2015 yeah so i i looked it up and actually i know where i was i i actually i was over in uh on new way island which is out in the pacific where my wife was born and i i remember that the internet there is terrible and i knew this was coming out uh, i'm not your guru when i was going to be over there and i tried to download it and it took me like well i didn't i couldn't download it till i flew back to auckland but Anyway, as a side note, I, I first heard him talk about this this poem and I looked it up and it just immediately spoke to me. I It sits on the wall in my office, as you as you mentioned, Conrad, uh, along with If by Rudyard Kipling. And if you haven't had a look at that, I definitely would equally, recommend it. Equally powerful, as powerful a piece of literature. Yeah, a really powerful piece, something that I've grown up with it being on the study wall of my my father's study and and something that's uh, i guess modern day stoicism uh that was given to me by my brother on the day of his wedding as a gift mm, fantastic that's it's that's really powerful but the two sit next to um yeah obviously just sits on the wall in the office and it's a reminder i just it's it's a reminder for me that whenever things are difficult it's more about to me it's how bad do you want it yeah and if you truly want it bad enough it really just describes everything that you're willing to do to win and, and whatever win means to you. Because his life was t- his life wasn't flash, right? His mum was an alcoholic. No. His dad, uh, I think, was abusive. And his then dad died when he was seven years old. It was but wasn't his dad him. abusive towards him? Maybe. Yes. Maybe. I think so. Oh, no, I think his mum definitely was. Yeah. Mm. Both um, emotionally and physically. And the yeah, I think the dad was a little bit. There's a couple stories around yeah. that um, that he shared. It's sort of like, are you going to be a victim or not, right? Like where, yeah, where, is, wherever you are, this like, is definitely taking ownership, and yeah, like yeah, Matt, I, th- I think you're right. I think more, it's more about ownership than it's about being a victim. And well, no, I think that's where Matt was going. Whether you take it as victim or you take ownership, but this is like yeah, if you want it bad enough, 
you're willing to to work, put in the effort, um, you know, no matter what, um, you'll get it. Um, and yeah, not playing victim, yeah. I guess, mindset. Um, this speaks to a lot of, I guess, everything we, you know, we talk about. And I guess comes back to that, you know, if only desire of it makes you quite mad enough never to tire of it. Mm. You know, that again, back to that strong why and that strong do. And I kind of, I talked about it actually when I was um, in Vienna. So I just got back from Vienna and um, it's kind of like, you know, we've talked a lot of peaks and valleys previously and it's through those uh, valleys that if you really want it bad enough, it'll pull you through, which pretty much then it flows on to you'll be tested um, with all your capacity, all your strength, yeah. um, because it's going to get tough. Whatever you Stern want. Stern pertinacity. Sagacity. Because um, it's going to get hard and it's going to get shit and uncomfortable. You know, how bad do you, but it's how meant bad to, do you right? want it? It's meant to. Yeah. I think anything that you want that much is going to fucking test you. Like I was talking to somebody the other day about what attracts you to a person generally is a thing that challenges you when you're in a relationship with that person. But I think that's relevant to every situation. The attraction doubles as the problem. Kind of got that opposing force. Yeah. And that's why these things, particularly with, okay, business, sport, you know, all those things, there's so, such a dual-edged sword and the duality is so obvious uh, when you look at the things that when you buy into and you have that, 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 that buy-in. So, yeah, I think it's really that will to win is to me largely just just about success in general well i think it's a great it really summarizes it because it it kind of acknowledges um that if you want it bad enough you are going to have to go through poverty you know here neither cold poverty famish gone or sickness nor pain it 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 assumes here that you're going to be going through that which is so true because if anything worth having you know anything worth having doesn't come easy um, which is pretty much what this is, is suggesting, kind of covers it really well. Nor sickness, um, nor pain of body or brain. It's, fine. it's true, right? Yeah. Everything. Can what? turn you away from the thing that you want. But the main thing here is the thing that you want. What is that thing? What is that? Yes. Yeah. Because that thing that you can't sleep for, you think about all the time, you, you turn mad for it. Yeah. You know, what is that? And I think most of us, I mean, I'm probably in the same boat, Probably haven't had that that feeling. I'll play with this a little bit longer after these two guys that Travis and Jacob had to because I want to lead into the next piece with that part. Yeah. Because if, you, if you're not mad about it, you can't go through no. the pain and the up. bullshit. Yeah, yeah you'll, you'll give up. Yeah. yeah, what's the point? Yeah, you know. Um, you've got to want it bad enough. And if you do, it'll happen. Hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we were talking about that yesterday. Um, yeah, Conrad, for sure. You yeah. and I, you know that if you if you want anything bad enough, it's kind of that. Be careful what you wish for. Um, and if you want it bad enough, it'll show up eventually at some yeah, point. We if are you all keep powerful persistent. creators, yeah. right? And it may might, show up in a different form, but yeah. it'll show up. Nine times out of ten, it'll show up in a different. But form. You might get close to it and see it coming and be scared by that as well, and go yeah. back. So you can get to different levels of it, sort of. And it becomes reality. It's yeah. like, shit, you know, what have I done? What have I created? What have I started? And maybe, again, how do you get past that part, you know? I don't it's know. also uh, not being the victim if you don't get there right away. It might take a little bit longer. Yep. Always uh, does. Than you anticipate. Yep. Uh, it's not not uh, shifting blame or 
or responsibility on anyone else yeah. other than yourself. Excuses. Uh, and yeah, stuff. exactly. Yeah. I, mean, I think that resonates with me with this a lot. I think, Justin, you hit the nail on the head there. It is a very simple form of saying, like, if you want it enough, go and get it, but also taking accountability for it too because uh, you know, if you're willing to not sleep for it, if you're willing to, you know, what's the, uh, be neither cold, poverty, famished or gaunt, you know, going without food for it. If you want it enough, you're going to get it. So these are kind of like, it, to me, this is a long-term goal. Like it's a, it's a piece that goes against a long-term goal um, because you, you've got to go through a long period of challenges. But on a, on a shorter-term perspective, I'm curious to hear before we jump into where you want to take this um, topic, Conrad, from, from yourself and, and Trav, who we know have a, have a grand final tomorrow. Um, SBL basketball grand final you're playing into one game knockout like do or die situation what does something like this speak to you or what does it mm. tell you about how you'll approach tomorrow and, and what that means or, or does it not does it not matter at this point but okay, well, you said it gave me goosebumps you, has it resonate with you for tomorrow uh, the game's 90% mental 10% physical 100% that's that's, a, that's that I, does equal 100%. Yes, exactly right. I, I know maths. <laughs> but that's exactly right. I try and tell people this for, for years. I mean, it gets to a point in life where it's, nine, it's, nine it's, plus one it's is more about the mind than it is about the body. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And and quite often, uh, I love the quote, um, uh, hustle will beat talent, but when talent hustles, uh, talent will win. Yeah. I, I think I butchered that completely. <laughs> yeah. it's, um, I think you just been listening to Parsons too much, mate. Yeah, um, but yeah, that yeah. If you like, yes, grand final tomorrow. If you want it enough, then you'll find a way to to, to win it for sure. And I guess hustle it also beats talent when talent doesn't hustle. There you go. There you Travis go. is the the hustler, isn't he? That is my nickname, yep. Mr. Hustle. Mr. Hustle. That's how you're introduced. Absolutely. <laughs> so in a, in a short game, I, I guess that manifests in, you know, maybe at quarter time, the way you had planned but I think you know, the this, first this quarter to go. This is probably the story of each player, right? Yeah, that's right. But I feel, I feel like that you, you don't know how that, that 40 minutes is going to flow and that this is the, the mindset that you have to carry through. Like one player might have missed five to seven shots that you would expect it to clean up in the first quarter and they have that their mental challenge in front of them to come back. I mean, and every every player has that. You know, has this playing on their mind and has a different sure. level of belief going into the game, and that's well, the sickness the, the, the of belief, poverty, the, isn't it? The, yeah, the, the, the bits that you you can see, and that's this will get you through the that quarter time, second quarter bit when you th- could easily go down that valley that you're talking about. This will get you back up to the peak pretty quickly, I think. Yeah, but it also this go I guess going to the game coincides with I think we touched on it a while ago. Maybe I actually was with um, Marco and Jose on the the dad episode. Um, around the John Wooden quote, which is as long as you give it your all on the, on the court, which is with all your capacity, strength and sagacity, faith, hope and confidence, stern, pertinacity? Pertinacity. Pertinacity? I hope I never hear that word again. You've got a great voice, but you need to get your... My English sucks, mate. It's terrible. Always been terrible. You know, it's kind of that John Wooden, yeah... Going onto the court, giving you your all. There's an element of like what, yeah, not caring if you don't win tomorrow either, but mm. desiring it enough. That there doesn't actually, 
um, talk about that really in here, but it, it does say that even if you're dogged and grimmed and besieged and beset it, you'll get it. But it's kind of still with, as long as you give it your all and give it everything um, and desire it one enough, it does yeah. say you'll get it um, eventually. So it's not really the goal, is it? It's no, the journey. It's, it's the journey. journey. It's all about that. Yeah. It's, it's funny enough, somebody asked me last week, you know, which game did, did you um, feel more anxious in? Because I did post around anxiety around game three against the, the Lakeside team we played. Uh, versus game three versus Rockingham, and my answer immediately was game three versus Lakeside. Okay, uh, which threw them off because they thought, "Well, what the fuck are you talking about?" And I said, "Well, game three against Lakeside. If we didn't get past that, then we haven't really achieved as a group. Mm-hmm. Whereas game three against Rocco, we'd achieved more than what we did last year, so we've moved forward." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they didn't understand that because what they valued was the grand final versus the achievement of the accumulated group. Yeah. Of the progress. And and what I said to them, I said, well, if you don't take what the universe gives you, which is that, and be grateful for that, how then could you open any other thing? You know, because you're always wanting. Always want more. Yeah. And so by receiving that, you can have a free, free hit every other time you play now. No pressure, no emotion. Just go out and have a crack because you have improved. And you have to receive that. Make sense? Mm. Absolutely. Have you guys sweated and fretted and planned for it this week? I like to think about the five Ps. <laughs> Preparation <laughs> prevents piss poor performance. Which equals pertinacity. <laughs> <laughs> That's very eloquent. Yeah. It's been it's been a good week. I mean it, it we're solid we, we I mean fuck man, we've been drilling since November. You don't need to change anything no. when it comes to this sort of stuff. It's like I said, you know, 90% mental, 10% physical. The physical side is you just want to stay in shape, stay in tune, yeah. have the touch, but uh, not get too caught up within the, the hype. I'm lucky enough to, uh, to have won one in 2016. Yeah. So it's quite interesting going around again this time. Uh, your, your feelings and your emotions are a little bit different. Uh, I feel like it's more like a fly on the wall sort of situation where you can appreciate the little things uh, a little bit more and, and yeah. be grateful for the little things because you've you've already uh, you've already felt those really large emotions that you would uh, you know at the start like when you've when it's you new. initially get into it and the trainings and stuff like that it's, yeah it's definitely a, a different vibe second time around uh, you you allow yourself to feel a lot more the the deeper side of uh, of an achievement uh, rather than just the kind of superficial mm. you know outside frills. I feel a bit more responsible for the guys that haven't been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I've been talking to them a little bit this week, um, and not, nothing specific, but just gauging with that. I mean, I'm I'm actually very happy with everyone's emotional space at the moment. You guys would be considered the underdog in the. In the final. Yeah, I mean, if we weren't, that's that's the way we always shape our teams up. I no, mean, which is based on history, which which means nothing, but it's based on history. Would you prefer yep. to be in that space? Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's 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 something that strong, Betty Parsons and I have always. Dragon, there's a stronger on. stronger desire there, which is the first intro of that. You know, if you want it bad enough, go out I mean, and fight seeing, for it. Seeing what these guys have gone through, plus the injuries that the the, the, the teams with with withstood, um, did, oh, did, and I think game three that we played last week personified all of that yeah I mean it gives you the edge I mean you know it's part of I guess this poem you kind of got to have that you talked about the duality you need the 
the first component of it for the bot back end to execute. Because if you don't want it bad enough, you're like, oh, you know, we've been here. Um, it does give you the edge, I guess. Um, you know, if you desire it, it makes you mad enough. I'm sure everyone's extremely pumped to, to make this given the journey you've been through this yeah. year too. Um, but notwithstanding, this is a two-year journey, right? I mean, it started mm. two years ago. Mm. Where did you finish last year again? What was the... Eighth. eighth. We just wow. scraped in on the okay. final game of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and it was, what, they finished eighth. This club's finished eighth for the last five, five years. Five years. Oh, yeah. Wow. Being knocked okay. out in the first round. Are there some but guys that, are that in uh, the they team? Made, they made a 2011 grand final, but they're the most winningest club in the history of the SBL. Interesting, okay. Haven't won a championship since 2014. Sorry, 2004. But it, it's funny, the... <laughs> The progression of the years, you know, win-loss for the last five, six years would be uh, start well, win a couple of games, and then get into a big slump because, I don't know, we, I, my, my theory on it was we didn't want it enough. And then we go, holy crap, we're going to miss finals. We need to pull our finger out and it's go on a six-game winning streak to finish the season. <laughs> yeah. And then you go into the, right the, the, the playoffs, red hot. Like last year, we, we lost the second game... Uh, on a buzzer beater, yeah. uh, which would have you know put us into the, the semis, and then the third game we lost on almost a buzzer beater again, hmm. uh, and that was the top seeded team. So um, it was, I think, a very big desire sort of uh, and want factor within the team, and that's definitely been shifted that culture yeah. in the last two years. And and look at the result uh, that you know we've come through to the grand final this year. Well, you went from a seven-game losing streak this Five season game losing streak, to 12, won 13 in a row. In, yeah. And then lost, obviously, just in the last few yeah. weeks. And then, so, you, yeah, I reckon no, you guys will be good. The, I mean, that probably segues where I, want, where I want to take this part to. So this I'm Not Your Guru piece and this piece of literature that we just read, yeah, we digressed a little bit onto basketball, but it's pretty applicable, I guess, when you look at the content. Um, and further, what, what's furthermore uh, interesting is when I re-watched um, the Tony Robbins TED Talk, what stuck out with me was how many times he referenced service. Mm, contribution. Yeah. Um, not help, service. Uh, it was something like 11 times in the first two minutes. So it's, it's, it's an obscene type of number. And what that promoted me to start having a look at, and the rest of the TED Talk is quite interesting in itself, so feel free to go and have a look at it. But how many of us take a, a mental approach that we are here to serve? Do, I, I'm talking about actively use the word I'm in service. Or do we use the word that we are here to help? I personally have used help a lot. I'd be the same. I probably wouldn't associate myself to with serve to date. It would definitely be to help. Anybody else? Yeah, definitely don't associate with Sir, but it's funny that you bring it up because I finished the um, the book that I brought up, I think, in the last or few podcasts ago. Um, the one, uh, The Courage to be Disliked, um, which is a really interesting book. And it wraps out finishing off going that it makes some pretty big, you know, proclaims at the end of um, that there isn't really a, a, a meaning or a purpose to life per se. Um, it really is defined by your own meaning but then goes on to say that you know as humans we're just here to serve and contribute yeah. Yeah. Um, and you can serve to contribute just by existing as well um, which was interesting um, statement okay. too um, just the f sheer fact of existing can serve and contribute to a lot of others because you know we're all in interconnected by individuals yeah. and it was really interesting and I journaled quite a bit on that um, while I was away traveling the last few weeks 
around service and it has been showing up a lot more. So it's interesting that you bring that up. Um, but definitely don't use that language. Yeah, and I think this is where the other part of what I'm tying to. I've just shared with you guys just quickly something I came across before I came here, um, the, the servant leadership versus uh, traditional leadership diagram, um, which servant leadership is all about empowerment, whereas uh, traditional leadership is all about control. Yep. Where's that t- from? Sorry? Where's that from? That's just from a clip that I've... I've um, a blog that I've got. So that's uh, two triangles. The one on the left. We'll share. It. We'll put it. In, we'll put it in the show yeah, notes. But so. to give a bit of context yep. as well, while we're chatting about it, um, well, the, the, ser- the servant ser- leadership structure on the left to empower is from the bottom up. So you, your leaders at the bottom, and then the the triangle goes. It's an upside down triangle, and then obviously the people that you're trying to lead are above you, and then. The other way around is um, your typical leadership structure and your, your triangle is the right way around um, and that's your controlling leadership and it's like your food pyramid, uh, the leader's up the top and then your sort of... Your, Subordinates. Yeah, your grunts. And, and just, just to define difference as verbs, the difference between help and serve is that help is to provide assistance to someone or something while serve is to provide a service. And so when you're serving people you're allowing them to become what they need to become. Does that make sense? Because you can't actually, you can't actually help anyone either. You know, they can only... Not sustainably. Not, and, you know, like you can't necessarily help them. They, they have to help themselves. Well, helping doesn't, have, doesn't bring empowerment. Right? No, that, and that's yeah. kind of what I'm trying to yeah. say. You're saying it much better. But um, <laughs> yeah, because you can guide and I guess lead by example, but yeah. you can never make anyone do anything. So you can't, necessarily yeah help yeah i've, I've seen this sort of manifest a few times in that with, with some younger people uh basically being given jobs yeah and like through whether it's through family or family friends and and you give them the job which is helping but it only it's only short term like you say it doesn't it doesn't manifest into a long-term situation the service approach might allow them to get into a more sustainable place rather than just that that giving them that opportunity because it doesn't, yeah, it, that, that help isn't actually what you're looking to do. It's a short-term solution. Yeah. So question to you guys again, and I mean, there's no judgment here, but whereabouts do you guys see yourselves in those two, two, those two styles of leadership? Um, I know where I'd like to see myself. I know at times I do default to control, um, but I, I work my best when I look to empower people. Um, when I, and I talk about the role I play in this basketball team, I don't control that team. Uh, I sit as, a, as an assistant coach, and I play a conjunct between the head coach and the other coaches and, and the, the playing staff. Before you go there, we talked, touched on duality before. Do you think there needs to be an element of both, though, in certain circumstances? I think it's situation you could be right. Because, Jay. you know, like even when you listen to Gary Vee, he talks about how he runs his company of a balance between democracy and a dictatorship. Yeah. You know, does there need to be that yin-yang and the duality as well that you need to sway and step and dance between the two? I think you do, but I think there's got to be a predominant style that people are going to trend to. Yes, okay. Does that make sense? Yep. I think the mindset of service is the key. Like you're. That's where I was getting go, trying to go with this is that if we if we don't see ourselves as servants or use the word serve, then how can we actually true to label serve? Well, you can't yeah put yourself above, and I think that's where it comes to this. narcissism to a degree, putting yourself above people to yeah. thinking you're helping them by by being the the leader so, of them. So where do so where do we see ourselves? Do we do we see ourselves in control, wanting to become more servant leaders, or are we just not acknowledging that we're here to serve? Probably not enough acknowledgement, I would have thought. Although I've gone on a more service-orientated yep. um, journey the last last little while. Jacob, you've got staff, team. Yeah, I've definitely felt that 
especially from the beginning, I kind of was given almost handed a position of of leadership as the the leader of our business, but it's not something I grew and developed over time. I got I got some cash, I, I built out my, my dream, but I've had never been in a position before where I'd led teams or been in a position of leadership. So it was kind of not handed to me, but it was something I kind of got myself into. So I've since then over the last two to three years been trying to grow into a leader and learn these things. It's not something that came naturally. It's not something that I developed over time. And therefore I've always had the title of being a leader, but I haven't necessarily felt that I've, I've yet earned that leadership. Um, and it's something I'm continually trying to work on as well. Sure. What do you see from the service point of view, though? You see yourself, if we go back to that diagram, are you in between that or are you more on the part of the sort of being, sort of supporting your crew from, from below as think, your service? I think def, like I'm not a very like dictatorial um, leader, but I'm not, I'm not a kind of build people up and grow. I'm kind of almost in a bit of a, a gray area in between where I'm not stepping fully into either position. Yeah. And that's, um, and I'm, I'm trying to develop more and more ways to relinquish a little bit of that. And it's not controlling the people, but it's controlling where they go in their future. As I well think as different kind of, situations call for different attributes. I, don't think, they? I think to a point you're right. Yeah, without a doubt. I, I mean, if you build your businesses and teams well enough, you tend to be able to med- mitigate those situations through empowerment of people. Yep. Um, you know, we identified some things end of last season that we need to change within the way we were trying to manage that team. And thankfully, we, we changed those things and they've, they've turned the way they have turned to, you know, and we're not talking about, you know, a ton of change. We're talking about poking and prodding, not shoving. Um, yeah. And that's what makes a difference to win those close games. But we're not talking close games all the time. We're talking life too, right? It's in. Uh, I had a conversation in the office today with a friend, with one of the with one of the boys, um, Maddie Mandich, uh, and he. We were talking about language and how important language is in in order to allow yourself to grow, and how a word here. So somebody rang me up the other day. Actually, it was you, Jamie? We're talking about you. You, um, you. I sent you. Let's catch up at Fibbers um, uh, for lunch. And your response to me was, where's Fibbers? And I said, why the fuck did you just Google it? And, and... I did. <laughs> yeah, you did in the end. You did in the end. Um, but Maddie goes, well, fuck, that's normal. Just asking for help. I said, yeah, but if you think about why you would do that as opposed to just taking the initiative, I said, a millimetre yeah, here is a metre there. Um, I, I, and then I went on to say, well, you know, I got called the other night about where's the best place to put cash? What's the best cash rate around? And I said to myself straight away, why don't you just fucking Google it? You know, this disempowering piece that we, we give ourselves to default away from as opposed to empowering ourselves when we can ask better questions. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that was just a conversation we had today. And again, it's not a lot, right? But not a lot here. When you put under stress and pressure here means what? Uh, yeah. I was going to say it comes down to your emotional state at the time and how you control your emotion in a situation. If you default to being that sort of in service or... Yeah. Or, or the opposite, like, you know, how you react to something. But then what is service? Is continually helping somebody, and again, is helping somebody serving. It's not by that definition, right? No, it's definitely not. So what, what have we done for our kids lately? You know, this generation's coming through. Because we've given them so, so many things, we've helped them, 
we haven't allowed them to build that resilience muscle that they're going to need when the big world starts throwing some black shit at them. Yeah. Yeah, so being and of service Have we served them? No, we haven't served them. Yeah. We've helped them without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. And this is what we, I think we talked on the podcast before about that open communication. Like if you're talking to a friend and they have, they're upset or there's something big going on in their yeah. life and you can see, kind of see the picture of what's happening, but they can't. Like you're much, much better to be open about, about it and tell them the truth, even if that may hurt them a little bit. But it's not, and people say, well, shit, does that mean you have to do stuff for them? I don't believe it is. I think a lot of people sort of do see, you know, that, that typical leader structure as the way it is when you run a business, like that top-down approach. And I think they almost think that they, they that'd be amazing. Like if they don't have the experience of running a business, they're like, oh, I want that. You just get to sit around and tell everyone what to do. Mm. But it truly, it truly is the opposite, you know. It, so if I looked at my approach, like I, depending on the situation, you could easily say that I do both regularly um, in the approach. But like the way I view... Every hour on the hour? <laughs> well, that's, that'd be very regular. But um, <laughs> if I if I view, for example, the situation, everyone's putting effectively their their livelihoods and their mortgages in your hands. Like you don't pay yourself, like necessarily first and only look at do I pay my own bills. You look at everything. So your job is to make decisions to you know, raise issues that may come up in advance, even if it's difficult. Yeah, even if it's yeah. difficult, and that that is your job. It's not. You don't. You're, so, you're not sort of empowered in this position where you get to stand around and tell everyone what to do. But on the flip side, when you're leading by example and doing things, I've very much seen it in my businesses over time, and in other people's businesses where, okay, so I love to call it like you're the entrepreneur. So you're the one that's going to clean the toilet if it's dirty, right? And um, but if you're cleaning the toilet when it's dirty. Sometimes the response to that is, oh, it's okay, he'll deal with it. Mm. So you actually do need to, to flip that around and make sure you're not just doing it for them in the help sense, but you can you can do the service, but explain why and, mm. and show the principles and bring them through. And I think, um, so I think that, that what you said, JB, there before about the sort of duality of that, I, I think we aspire to always want to be in that empowerment state. But I think that you then, part of that is, turning the triangle upside down or tr- turning the triangle the right way up and delivering that top-down approach when it's needed and required, which isn't necessarily you know, always the desired way to be. Yep. But you could then argue, I guess, that that's still part of the empowering pyramid too. That's just part of the role and the responsibility of it. You know, you just you, a good leader knows when to, you know, a good bottom-up leader knows when to be stern and when to apply that, I guess. So you could argue that that's just part of the... I guess the the execution of being an empowering leader. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, as opposed to switching to a completely different leader. I guess where you're going there with the whole intent. Because I definitely would dance between the two, and struggle um, in in both. I, I guess I aspire to be the empowering or in, in service. And I guess part of me deciding to grow a studio or grow a company was, I guess, unconsciously to serve others because I wanted other individuals to be able to you know, do what they love doing. Um, but we're in service everywhere, right? You're in service true. to your clients. You're in service to your, to your staff and your team. Yep. You're in service to your partner and yourself. To everything, yeah, to everything, life. And yeah, I guess, yeah. though, as well, from the bottom up, and we talked about this, I think, too, and there's this balance between you've got to be selfish um, and self, which is because you can't serve others if you aren't serving yourself. Yeah. You've got to start there. And I loved, um, which was a, an interview that I think you shared, um, Conrad, uh, Tom Bilyeu on the Impact Theory, there's awesome interviews there. Duran Jones, I think, 
Um, and he made this um, statement where he, he every day he wakes up to try and ensure his bucket's overflowing before he can essentially serve or give. Yeah. Um, and I love that kind of approach. We talk about filling your bucket, but I love that he took a step further of ensuring that it's overflowing and then can serve by giving the overflow. Because then you're never outwards. in need. You're yes. never in need. And I don't um, think you can be an empowering leader if you don't fill or overflow your bucket. 100% exactly right. It's not sustainable. On the track of, there's a lot of basketball talk. On that thread, how, how would you do that? I mean, I mean, it's probably pretty basic. That's just preparing yourself, every individual, right, on the team. Well, it's knowing your role yep. and, and knowing your capacities and delivering on those things and not taking on, in my opinion. Um, there was a big shot made in game three uh, by young Cooper Hamilton. Um, Maddie, Maddie comes to me during game two, game, uh, two minutes left in the game. We were down by two points, I think, Trav, at the time. Maddie's a coach. Maddie Parsons, a coach. And he goes, who do we put in? I said, well, we need to, we need to score. He goes, Cooper or Mitch? And I said, Cooper. And I, and I didn't even wait for Maddie to tell me anything. I said, Coop, get in the game. Um, and I think it got to about the 44-second mark, and we're still two seconds down. And Coop took a shot and made the shot. Um, we ended up winning the game. On the way in, I said to Cooper's old man, I, hope, I said, how's your boy? I hope he's ready. Um, and then at the end of the game, when I saw Cooper's old man, I said, thank God he was ready. And he started explaining to me where Coop's headspace was. I said, you know what? Michael missed that shot's irrelevant. The fact that he took the shot was the most important thing. The outcome is irrelevant. He felt confident and comfortable enough to do that. I saw Cooper after the game. I said, mate, well done. Great, great choice to, make the sh- to take the shot. He goes, Conrad, he goes, I know who I am on this team. They were always going to help off me. And when they helped off me, I was going to take the shot. And that's all you can want. That's all you can want. He, cl- he clearly knew his job. You define that as a full bucket? 100%. 100%. And he doesn't play a lot of minutes, does he, Trev? No, no. No, but he's a great talent. Uh, one, of the, one of the best juniors of his age group. Doesn't play a lot of minutes. But had the confidence to take the shot in that moment in that game. And because he was overflowing with confidence... He gave, he gave the opportunity to everybody else to become full. Does that make sense? It's all these little things that happen around you that when you know when you sit there with that openness that you can say, well, fuck, I love that. I'll take that now, thanks. Because that's a bit of gold for you to pick up. And when you're in a state of service and acknowledge that you're in a state of service, I think the goal that you guys can pick up to fuel your, your futures and the futures of others around you is so fucking obvious. But we've, I, I honestly believe that we just got to acknowledge that we're here to serve more than we are then just to help. It's super, super interesting in today's age as well, the, the word of service, because I think a lot of people think, you know, it's the opposite, that the, the world exists to serve them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah the yeah. entitled. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, is, it's, it is just flipping everything on its head. And the service isn't about accolades. It's, it's the opposite of it's that. It's completely it's, opposite. It's not about what you're going to get from that service. It's just it's about what providing give, it. Yeah. yeah, it's what you can give. And when you're there to serve and to be off service, I believe that that then speaks to the Gary V5149 piece, right? You're giving more than what you're receiving. And when you give, the universe just provides. And I guess it's being in service without expectation too, right? Yeah. Hmm. Anybody else want to add anything to that? Yeah, I've got a, an example of one thing that I'm trying to work on internally myself, of the difference between help and service is that an employee is 
your responsibility not to simply just pay them each week and give them stuff to do, but to help them become the best version of themselves to, to become to, who to they be want to be. To them. So for me, helping helping a team member is finding them clients, providing them an income, like doing all these things. But if you, you provide the like service to them, that I'm here to serve you, how can I best serve yeah. you? And the controlling uh, leader in, in me is, oh, I'll, I'll do all these tasks, I'll become good at marketing, I'll get them leads, I'll get them clients, because then they'll, they'll stay thirsty for the, the product I'm providing. Um, so, yeah, so that's a self-love component. Whereas... Self-worth component. If I can, yeah, help build them up and let them grow and let them become the best versions of my, of themselves, I've then got to be okay with where that takes them. But also knowing that that's probably actually in the best interest for them, for me, for the business, for everyone, um, not to hold them back and to try and contain them to to, to my, my vision as well. Sure, but I mean, but and I'll, and I'll challenge you on using the word help versus serve. Um, but if you're here to serve them, what are you serving them for? Now, you can't empower them if they themselves don't know what they want to be empowered for. Yeah, yeah? that's true. So you can't want for anybody anything they don't want for themselves. Yeah, so it's your responsibility to find out what, that is. what they want, yeah. not what you assume they want as yeah. well. Um, and one thing I was thinking of before is that is I want my team to see me as the leader of the business, not because I own the business, but because I own the vision, because I own where we're going. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a powerful change is for them to, if you weren't the one that had the, the majority share in the business, if you weren't the one that was had the, the managing director in your email signature, would they still look to you as the one for direction? Would they still look to you for who to model themselves off where they still look to you for guidance and direction um and i'm trying to sit with that at the moment is is do i still believe if i was a leader without title there's plenty of managing directors in businesses that don't have majority shares in businesses yeah that's true but i think that's anyone can be a leader but i know where you're going i was like yeah if you weren't the owner or the perceived boss, yeah. you know, would you still, um, I guess, have the the influence? But I guess that just comes bound, down to by, yeah, leading by example, I think. Um, but it is a tough challenge. Leading with purpose, leading leading yeah. to vision. The, the keeper of the vision is, is, is the true leader. No matter where you sit in, in any hierarchical structure, whoever echoes the values of the company strongly enough, Whoever echoes the values of the, the team or the community strongly enough, and those people that are the brave ones that do take the steps towards what that group of people are trying to achieve, they're the leaders. They're, they're, I mean, the, the, the issue around titles and shareholdings and all this type of stuff gets people into trouble because that's what you would call egotistical or expected. Yeah, you feel entitled. Yeah. There's entitlement to the leadership. But there's bit, like you said to you, the listed entities, most of those companies are led by people that don't have the majority shares. Yeah. The other thing that's um, kind of interesting at times is allowing, let's say, staff members, new or old, to allowing them to fail. Yeah. And, and look, I, I think I find myself in situations all the time, and I'm sure everyone has, where you're like, all right, that's not the approach that I would take. 
I'm fairly certain that I have the experience to it to make that decision. However, I want you to learn that lesson. I I want you to learn to fish, not 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 have the fish given to you. And and you, I, I think people struggle to allow because it might cost some resource and time. It might cost some money. Um, you know, sometimes it might cost the client or or something else. But I think. Um, true growth in, in the people, you are allowing them to make those mistakes and that can be a challenge for the leader, CEO and boss to not sort of step in quickly and early. And I think you can I think they can learn from your knowledge, but also you need to delicately play like walk that line to allow them to grow and that, that will help you to not have to potentially make that decision next time sure. for them because they've learned that and they've been through that experience. But but growth is one of is one of Tony's six core human needs, right? And growth sits within the, the band of spirituality, which he believes to be the strongest muscle within human beings, their spiritual muscle. And if you're feeding your spiritual muscle, then nothing can beat you. It's something I've noticed recently is I've got a, a teammate that's been growing at quite a quick rate. He's picking up tasks that I've traditionally done. He's been doing taking over more and more control of a certain department that's performing really well. And it's an awesome thing, but I'm finding that that's starting to challenge my ego a little bit. It's kind of like I'm starting. <laughs> um, and, I'm, and I'm trying to sit with that and go, no, this is a good thing. You've, you've helped this individual sure. grow. You've, um, there's a duality you've there. empowered him to achieve this. And now I've got to step up internally to know that kind of cool. What's, where do I create the value? What What's my biggest thing? But the best leaders, I think, empower others to do the work. Rather 100%. Than, um, but yeah, there's that little bit of ego that creeps up being like, oh no, like they're not reliant on me. They don't need me to do this task anymore, but I'm trying to kind of squash that and go, no, this is a good thing. You have signs of progress, but... I love it when I don't have to be in the office, man. Yeah. No, no, it's going to still run when I'm not there. Yeah. Because the fabric of the people that you've run and the thread of the business that you've built has some integrity. Yeah. It's a tough one. Tight go there. Yeah. Tight go. Yeah, All right. On that note, shall we wrap it up, people? Good luck to the uh, the Hawks tomorrow, huh? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good luck. The Hawks. Luck the Hawks. happens when preparation meets opportunity. I knew you would say that. <laughs> we're prepared and we have the opportunity in the blog post that we'll have the result Ooh. yeah we will alright thanks guys over and out see ya bye bye ciao champagne hi everybody we'd really love to know how you feel about our podcast or if you've got any other topics uh, so please give us a review or comment on any of our social media bye